0: We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we record this podcast today, the Arakwal people of the Bunjalong Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Hello, yummy, yummy Mummies. Welcome to Beyond
1: the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This
0: podcast is targeted at mums, mums mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now
1: we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears.
0: Here Here we we go. go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie and all our bumpies listening. How are you this week? Well, I was hoping you would ask me first because I want to tell you about my week before we move on to your morning because once you tell us (laughs) about your morning, no story I tell is going to be of absolutely (laughs) any interest whatsoever. But if I'm being completely honest, this past week has absolutely rocked me. I don't know if you would agree, but I think I'm a pretty like consistent person I think I'm quite emotionally stable some mm. people would call me cold hearted no. I would say consistent yeah. um a bit cold sometimes <laughs> but like I, I I feel like I'm I'm a realist and I just kind of get on with things a bit and I'm quite like my my moods don't fluctuate too yeah. much This week, that has not been the case. And it has hit me for six, obviously, last week when we recorded. We recorded that on the girls' first day of school. So everything was still very fresh, new, novel. I was feeling the feels, but I don't think I realized how much that was going to continue over the week and just the monumental adjustment that it is i think i'd gone into it really naive thinking the girls have been in daycare 4 days like i'm used to being away from them they adapt really well to daycare they're really happy and i just kind of thought oh it'll be same shit different place type thing and i was just so wrong and i don't even know which layer of it that Has led to the most change, or if it's just kind of all of it at once, but it's the extra organization, it's the strict. Hours, I guess like with daycare, you know, if you're running late and you rock up at 10, it doesn't matter if you're running late and you pick them up at 5.30, you know, it just doesn't matter. And I I think it was that it was just, you know, all at once. It's the first time the girls haven't been together. As I said, Goldie for like a number of days, really, really struggled. I think it was like the lack. I, I don't feel like I've ever really been a helicopter type parent, but it was, I guess, the complete lack of control. Someone described it as you kind of just like wave your heart off from the front mm. door. Do you know what I mean? Like Poppy walks into her classroom and, and you just kind of have to hope for the best. And I know it's all about independence and building resilience and them becoming their own person. And I think in theory, all of that is so great. But then when it's actually just all at once put into practice, it's so so hard. Mm. And I just, I can't believe how much it's rocked me. And I just, I've been really struggling with it. And I think on top of that, obviously we're talking about Pearl's first year of life. In this episode, I just... 0 out of 10 do not recommend also having your last baby's first birthday in the same week because it's it's just too much yeah, it's, and a lot it's of emotions. Yeah, I think it's just um especially the hours it's just kind of had to change the entire way we live our life. I think we've been very go with the flow even when our bubs have had routines. We've never really been the types to be like oh, we're going to leave here because blah, blah, blah has to sleep. We just like find other arrangements and get them to sleep in other ways and different locations. So it's very like drop what you're doing. You've got to get to pick up, drop what you're doing. You've got to get to drop off. Just yeah, and it's is fu- it's been so funny watching Nick. It's almost like he's got this teen angst type thing where he's like, I won't have authority, tell me what to do. Like he's really struggling with the like, no, we're the parents. The lack but of these freedom. Other people are telling us what to yeah, do. Yeah, and yeah. we've created this life we love, and then all of a sudden, And the school's been great. It's not the school's fault. It's just been really funny that it's like, yeah, then all of a sudden you have these emails that are like telling you what to do. And I don't, it's just been such a change that I just hadn't. Expected, Yeah, it's a lot. And I think that also what comes with like
1: school and it all being new is the chaos in the morning mm. of making sure that everything is done and ready mm. to go by a certain time mm. to get there on a certain mm. time. Like it, I have to leave my house at 8.30 to get all my kids at school by. So Goldie starts at 8.30. Yeah. And then what time do you have to pick her up? 2.30. Yes, yeah, So I have to leave at 2.30 yeah. to get my kids at 3. Yeah, because
0: I'm fine. You know, before I could wake up at six, and I'd get time in for a walk, and Nick would get time in for a surf, and then we'd get up, and we'd like feed the kids together. And now it's like I get up at six so that I can get myself dressed, and then wake <laughs> my kids up at like six thirty, six forty five, to then like shove a piece. You know, it's yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. It's so different. I just, I just don't know how to explain it. But I had the biggest. Mum fail parent fail on the first day and it was funny because we were together we'd been recording we had a meeting and I said in the meeting you know, Goldie had had quite a tricky drop off that morning and it was her first morning. And I said, you know, I'm going to be there at two I'm going to be waiting outside that door. I'm going to see her little fat, you know, when they spot you and they smile and their eyes light up and I'm going to be there. And cause otherwise she's going to have trust issues forever. <laughs> she's never going to think I'm going to pick her up. And so I said, at 1.30, I was like, I'm leaving your house. It's about a 30, 40 minute drive to the school from your house. It took me two and a half hours. There was an accident and everyone was fine. So I feel like I can complain about this because everyone was fine, but there had been an accident and the motorway had been closed down. And so yeah, what should have been a 30, 40 minute trip took two and a half hours. And I was about an hour and 45 minutes late. And I guess the the upside was that a lot of the people who go to the school were also inconvenienced. So I wasn't alone and my kids weren't waiting alone. And when we called the school, they were like, yes, you, you know, there's so many other parents in the same boat, but that feeling of sitting in a car and I had nowhere that I could go. Like, I was like, do I park the car and freaking run? Mm. Like, will I get there faster? And Google maps is saying, Oh, you know, adding on 10 minutes and then it's adding on 20 minutes and you just have no idea. And, um, the funniest part of it all is because I didn't get in the car from your house thinking I was going on a road trip. Mm. I thought I was going on a 30 to 40 minute drive. Uh, two and a half hours is a road trip to me. I was busting for the toilet. You did the Sophie special, didn't you? I did the Sophie (laughs) special. Anyone who was listening last year as well knows this has become my specialty. I weed in a drink bottle in the bumper to bumper traffic. Goldie's blanket that she sleeps with (laughs) was in the back of the car. I thought, you beauty, if I fuck up the seal, that'll be there to soak it up. And I wrapped the- How uh, big was the drink bottle head? Well, they've been a sponsor, so I don't want to (laughs) call out their name. Okay, well, I think I know who it is. (laughs) But it worked great. It's a very versatile drink bottle. But I don't know, it's not like a Mount Franklin bottle that it's like teeny tiny at the top. Like it's got got a wide top, metal top. And so I wrapped the blanket around me, and just in case, I don't know, like a truckie or something could see into my car. (laughs) 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 Luckily, I had a skirt on, so I could hoik my skirt around my waist. Did my best to create a seal around the top of that drink bottle, but I filled the drink bottle and had to stop. <gasps> Yeah, 750 mil drink You're like a camel. I know. And anyway, so that was me. I got that done. I was very proud of myself. That relieved a bit of the anxiety because I had anxiety about pissing myself and being late for school. And the kids were fine. I got there and Poppy goes, do you reckon we can do after school care a couple of days a week? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, why do we worry? I know. So that's been my week. Pearl's turned one, but we will chat all about that in this episode. But you've had an eventful morning. And I will say, Pearl, if you're like 16 now, future Pearl. If you're 16 now listening back on this episode, wondering, I wonder what mum had to say about the first year of my life. Turn it off. If you're Jade's nan, maybe come back in about 15 minutes time. (laughs) Don't listen. You don't need to know about Pearl's life.
1: Dad, (laughs) Get out of here. Do not turn on this episode. Mum,
0: just pass it. You don't need to. Mimi, if you want to know oh about my Pearl's God. life, I'll give you my personal yeah. number. Give me a call and also, I'll tell you about it. I just want
1: to say any family member, get out. Stop the episode. You don't Shimmy? need to be Shimmy here. Listen. No, Shimmy, <laughs> especially. Shimmy, don't you dare. Li- and Timmy, get out. Stop listening. Okay, that's it. Everyone tell us else? about your morning. Okay. Well, so- it starts last night. All right, so. You know how I've been, you know, into my spicy romance books? I was like, oh, had these ideas about fun things. And I came back from Bali and I was like, hey, babe, guess what I bought? Harry's like, what? I'm like, butt plugs. And he's like, hmm, oh, okay. Anyway, so we had a bit of a time last night, a fun time. And he...
0: But first of all, you yes. went to... A cowboy country okay, concert. I need to back it up. Because a lot of the books you've been yes, reading are cowboy, a cowboy themed. You've got me reading a cowboy yes, spicy I've got a lot novel of right now and this. I'm scared. I'm about to put it down because I'm worried it's going to be bad for my health after this story. Well, no, this is this is a mafia book that I got this one <laughs> <laughs> <It's> out of. <laughs>
1: the cowboys are just rock solid cocks. So they're not into anything like this. So
0: we <laughs> decided. Oh, solid cocks. <laughs> we were calling it the analog. It's all analog in those books they're very simple yet effective
1: (laughs) I found that like I've been reading these books and Harry was like there is a, a cowboy that he loves listening to and he was playing across the road from our house and I was like well I'm coming I'm going to this this is sensational it's like living my dream that I've been reading so we he got dressed up and may I just say he, my own husband, was just my own fantasy. I couldn't take my eyes off hot. him. My dressed is. as a cowboy or oh, not. It, He's was, hot. it was a lot. So when we came home, I was like, yeah, well, let's go to the bedroom. We went to the bedroom. We got a butt plug out of the drawer. First of all, paint the picture, did he keep his boots and hat on? He... He was naked. He was naked. I have done that before. It was sensational. Just the boots and just the hat yeah. and then just naked yeah. man. Yeah. Sensational. Okay. So he picture this. He's naked. This is fabulous. We get the butt plug out and he pops it in. And I don't know how I feel about <laughs> butt plugs at the time or even now, but basically I was like, after we had some sexual intercourse I was like oh I can't find the butt plug babe and he's like oh well it's probably just like under the sheets and I'm like okay so I'm looking under the sheets I'm looking in the pillows I'm looking under the floor in the cracks in the bloody like everywhere I'm like I can't find the butt plug he's like well I did push it in like all the way in it it did go in and I'm like hang on hang on it didn't just go in are you saying it's he's like I don't know but like I'm like surely not so I go and have a shower and I just like pop a finger up there just to see what I'm working with and I got about a knuckle deep and I was like no I was like it's not there I'm in the clear so where is it so I fell asleep and I woke up making the bed where is it I said to Harry hey it's really weird. I cannot find it for the life of me. Like, where is it? And he's like, it could still be in your ass. So I'm like, there's no way it has a knob. Like, there is a Diamondy. It's a fucking it's a bigger than a 50 cent piece. There's no way. Anyway,
0: I, I messaged Sophie. And I'm-, I'm at school drop-off this morning trying to console Goldie who's having a hard time with me leaving her and my phone is just going ping, ping, ping with Jade being like, hey, do you <laughs> yeah. think I should be concerned? Like surely it'll be under the bed or surely it'll be here or there or surely should I be concerned? And I'm getting flashbacks to the days that I used to work in AD and no kink shaming, like pop whatever you want where you want it. <laughs> but there were multiple times, like people come in with condoms on carrots And they tell you they fell over in the veggie (laughs) patch, and you're like, mate, (laughs) you didn't know, know. It's fine. And that's fine, but it happens. And so I had a little bit of concern thinking if you can't find this thing,
1: Someone needs to go find it because I didn't know the severity of it. I'm like,
0: she got me to Google the anatomy <laughs> of the I needed to know the, what the I was lower working bowel, with. rectum, yeah. and anus. The Do you love that anxiety? I made her Google it, not me? I was like, can you sort me out so that she can work out where it potentially <laughs> so went? So anyway, the kids are going
1: to school; they're off. Yep, yeah, see you later. And I'm like, oh, I'll just <laughs> pop to the toilet. I'm not joking. I just hear this. <laughs> <laughs> the butt plug i shut out the butt plug it fell out into the toilet and i looked down and i was like show me a feature and this thing is sizable it's not i just i've got a few things to say one what is happening with my asshole that's one thing two why did it slip like a vortex into my anus. I said your sphincter is
0: purely <laughs> there for decorative reasons. It's
1: clearly it, not functional. It does not make sense, though. If these things are supposed to be a play toy, they need a rope on it. Because <laughs> I said I'll it's be like
0: in- one of those old parts bath <laughs> where you have like the chain. No, you know when you get roped up to go rock climbing, <laughs> I'll be in the corner of yes, your room just with the pulley pull system. In. Yes, just in case, in case it goes a little far. It slipped in
1: all the way in. I cannot believe that. One, I can't believe that I didn't know it was in there. As if all. you will have the sensation of something metal in your Do you know earth. what? Maybe you would if it was where that entry level is. He obviously
0: pushed it so far up to my lungs. <laughs> Jane I goes, didn't was Jane there. goes, I'm constipated quite often. I'm like constipated <laughs> and a metal object are not the same
1: thing. And then Sophie goes, but think about how it came out. It would have come out the way it went in. I'm like, so you're telling me a giant end has come out. Well, I don't think it did a U- Turn up there? Well, I don't know, but I'm not a player in that backfield, so I would say that I'm quite. Something is tight on my body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, god, it's not. That was my one
1: tight <laughs> spot. I don't. I don't. It's not. It's my e hole, and I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> oh but god, you'll be trying. No, next. I won't. Okay. So the point is, I'm here to share this story because I obviously am an absolute newbie at this sort of thing. I I think I'm going to just pop that little
0: fantasy aside and we'll just keep to the I, book reading. I, I think you need to bring this up because so many bumpies wrote in asking for book titles, yeah, recommendations. No, there oh, needs to be a disclaimer. Okay. All, we can't have all our bumpies yeah. checking into ED, no. having to get things removed from different orifices. Yeah. And I'm happy to be the
1: scapegoat and <laughs> like tell you guys, Okay, rule number one, if you're going to get one, it needs some, an anchor, an anchor or, something. or something on there. Don't get those. They're very dangerous. I was going <laughs> to to return it and
0: then I just thought oh I said does it still have the tag on in the receipt I'm not sure you can
1: return <laughs> no, I didn't that. but I I think that it is a a very naughty silly little thing and everyone should
0: but be if you've very got careful plug tips send them Jade's way oh. or are you just crossing that one off the list and you're never going back
1: um, I think after that, that's quite like I've got
0: PTSD
1: and I'm quite sore today sitting down. It's been a morning, I tell you that. It has been a really, really tough morning. But here we are and we're here for Pearl's
0: first year of life. Awesome, awesome family fun. Oh. We did a that once. Yeah, we did. Okay. How are you feeling about being a serious host? Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm
1: like let's just I'm happy to just not talk about me <laughs> for the rest of the episode and we can all just move on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Jane.
0: <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I, I feel like look you're at looking you at, at and judging me. <laughs>
1: all right. So Pearl is Pearl is one. Fucking hell. That she is. She's she's one. And um, we've got a few questions. Actually, we've got quite a lot of questions that came in. And we are gonna do a very good job of <laughs> answering them today. <laughs> Get cracked. Okay. So is, Get it. is
0: uh, uh, <laughs> Stop. Stop. Oh, do you, should we tell him what I said when I walked into your arm? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So we have a nanny here today looking after Pearl so that. Nick and I can both work. Jade opens the front door, walks straight in without looking around, just announces. I go, hey, butt plug girl's here. And the nanny just looks at me and she's like, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, my name's Jade. And these idiots are upstairs laughing their tits I just off. told Nick the story. Oh, my God. Who walks into a house, doesn't check who's in it, and just goes, fuck. Oh, I'd only just told Nick. So there was a high likelihood you would announce that. And Nick would have no idea what was going on either. And on top of that, Pearl looked at me. As well. <laughs> she judged She's very often. She, like, she shows a lot of it. she wears her hardness. Yeah, she sleeve. Was like, she you're, can't you're, hide how like, like, she feels about things.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Pearl. All right. Pearl. <laughs> Is there anything you did differently to your... Far out, Sophie. Get it together. How do we segue into this? It's like we need some music or something. (laughs) Do you want me to try and fart?
0: No, because you will crap your pants.
1: I'm so worried about those light-coloured pants you're wearing. They're (laughs) parachutes. You've now got three kids. Your youngest has just turned one. Is there anything you did differently to your first two, knowing Pearl was your last?
0: This is actually what made me upset, I guess I touched on it briefly last episode and it also really like played on my mind the day before her birthday and on her birthday. And I've chatted with you about it. I think that when you're going into having subsequent kids, like I imagine like, you know, with your third or your fourth or your fifth or whatever, (laughs) is that well, oh, take that back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. How do you do and it though? girl. <laughs> um, yes. no judgment. No, I think one of the things I'm finding so hard is that you go into it so acutely aware of how fast it goes and you have this thing in your mind of I'm going to savour this and I'm going to be so present and I know everything's just a season and everything's temporary and – you know, I'm just going to like lap it all up. And then in practice, it's the most busy you have ever been Well, for me in my life. And so it's like, as the months are flying by you, you know, that's happening. And it's like, there's nothing you can do to slow it down. And you know, you're almost like missing things right in front of your eyes But there's nothing you can do because, you know, the world keeps Mm. turning. There's other kids who need entertainment and love and care and food and sleep and to be taken here and be taken there. And it's, you know, for me, a job that I love, but I have to do and that keeps me busy and all of these things. And I've actually found I think that's the thing that's got me the most with her turning one, because I'm like, did I savor it to the degree that I should have. And I know that all shoulds in parenting should just be thrown out into the bin. And so I'm just like trying to give myself like grace and patience that I, I could, I could not have given her anymore. And of course it was going to go fast. Like life is so busy. I think with every child you have and every year that goes on, the year goes faster and faster, but yeah, you just, I don't know. And, and I remember when we were. I'm sure there'll be questions about sleep, but when we were deep In the sleep deprivation days, I remember like one half of my brain was just like wishing time to pass so that she could grow older and I felt like inevitably with Mm. her getting older, sleep would improve. But then the other half of me being so like angry at myself for wishing it away when I knew that when she got older, I would be mourning the time that had already passed. This is the perfect summary of parenthood
1: of mum guilt. Yeah. Because it's something you can't control. You think one thought Mm. and then you think the other thought and Mm. there is actually no happy medium of going, oh, you're just going to feel guilty. Yeah. And it's so like, it's actually just something that we all feel regardless of whether it's right or wrong. It's just this overwhelming thought of, I don't think I'm doing it right,
0: but you are doing it. Yeah. And it's funny because in some ways I get like I don't think that necessarily I get stereotypical mum guilt. Like if I have time to myself, if I go away for the night, if Nick and I go, like I I don't have guilt in leaving my children for me mm. to fill up my cup. Like I, I especially this mm. time, like I've been very aware that, you know, I, I, as I said in earlier episodes about Pearl's life, like I want to show my daughters that, I am more than just this like vessel of reproduction and this vessel of giving and giving and giving to everyone else. Mm. Like that. I hope that if one day they choose and can be mums, that I have modeled that they are still so important. And I'm really proud of myself because I think I've done a really great job of that. So it's not like I feel like I'm like, oh, I went out too much or oh, I went away too much or I found too much time to go for walks. It's not those things. It's more just like, fuck, I wanted more than everything to savor it. And did I savor it? But then the other half of me being like, how could you have savored it any more than you did? Do you think it's
1: really hard? Because when you do have more than one child, your time is divvied up. And as much as you want to give one-on-one time Mm. to each child, that third child just
0: like doesn't get the time. It's funny. I almost look back and think that it was such a blessing actually, maybe not so much at night, but during the day, that she was such a shit sleeper Mm, (laughs) because mm. it meant that, you know, she was such a contact napper and it meant that some tasks just had to wait because if she was going to sleep and I wish I could go back and tell myself that you know, and at the time, I I did my best in being like the washing can wait, mm. the other stuff can wait, just sit here, lie here with her, and that doesn't mean that at times I didn't get frustrated. But I look back now, and I'm like, what a blessing that was because I have so many moments to remember her sleeping on my chest, her asleep in the carrier, me being forced to just sit down and watch TV because there was nothing else I could get done. And now that she's one, and the only time she'll like fall asleep on me properly is like, you know, if she's unwell or just like a crazy anomaly. Mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe if she was so easy to put down in the cot, maybe I would feel like I missed out on those times even more. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas at the time I was like, oh my God, what I would give for you to just lie on your back in your little sleep suit with your dummy and just have a three hour nap for me. So yeah, I guess maybe her Shit, sleepingness was a blessing. Yeah. It was <laughs> happening was the for a reason. You asked? The question <laughs> was: was is there anything you did differently to your first? Two? There was definitely things I did differently. I think that when I had Goldie, my second, I was rocked by the fact that oh my goodness, she's maybe not doing everything the exact same way that Poppy did. And I think that you have so much confidence the second time, but also you've only got one other child to compare to. So it's kind of like that child equals baby. Mm. That child equals what a kid Mm. does. And obviously, once you have two, you then realize they're so, so vastly different. So I think I came into my third knowing this is going to be another completely different, unique human being Mm. with different wants and needs. And so I do feel like I really. I guess just like listen to what she needed more. I feel like I was much less structured. I, you've, you've got to let go. I followed her cues. I let go. I, I I had to be like, yeah, you're gonna have a twenty minute nap here in the car, and you're gonna have to have a nap on me at the beach there because life, as I said, keeps moving, and you have to do that. And yeah, so I feel like I just I just let go, and I and I did. It's funny because well, not funny. It's actually been some pretty (laughs) dark conversations. But I have a friend of mine who had her first son around the same time that I had Pearl. And he was a very, slash is a very similar sleeper to Pearl. And I remember having these thoughts where I'm like, because she would go to me, I don't know how you're dealing with this when you have to get up and care for two mm. other children. And I was like, I don't know how you're dealing with this when this is all you know mm, of motherhood. Mm. And it's, I think there's pros and cons to both because I think it's, in her situation, I guess she can nap when the baby naps, you know, in the day. You know, she's not running after two other children. You know, she can take it that bit slower. But then I was like, yeah, but I've got the perspective that none of this lasts. Yeah, that she's gonna get it together. That it's kind of good that I'm forced to get up and get going because sometimes I think wallowing in it makes you feel even worse. And so it is this just funny thing to look at when, you know, because I've tried to kind of be like to her as much as what they're going through is quote unquote normal it's not all babies no. like and I'm you know I'm like I don't want to freak you out that if you have a second child sure they might sleep like this but they also probably won't yeah and um yeah it's funny when you look at the different experiences I guess based on how many kids you have and and the confidence I guess you get over time I think one of the biggest things when you do get to a
1: point of having I really think it is that third child is I mean, a positive is that you're, you don't have the ability to micromanage every person and thing in your life and you have to let it go. Otherwise, you will do your own heading. Like yeah. I tried and I was like, okay, that doesn't work anymore, Jade. So now, and they're a bit older, I look at life and I have a lot of, like, I give myself, a lot of breaks mentally. Like I have a lot of leniency towards situations now where when I was a first time or second time mom, I would be very like, oh no, I've got to do this. And I have to like, I make all the beds and I have to make sure that everyone's had breakfast and tick, 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 tick. Mm. The world still goes round when you drop all those pressures. Mm. I still feed my kids, but sometimes they will have wheat bix for dinner Mm. and they're stoked. Mm. There are some times that, you know, I'll forget a school bag, but you know what? They're okay. Mm. All the things that I would be so upset and angry with mum guilt about, I have literally gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm doing the best I can because I'm raising three human beings and they're all happy. Everyone's Okay. I don't have to be perfect mm. and I don't have to do everything
0: well. I just have to be good enough at doing I it. I was dealing with this weird guilt thing the other day and I'm, I, I do think that probably a lot of people listening might be able to relate to this, but it was obviously Pearl's birthday. We'd had a hectic week because we'd... Come back from being away. Do not recommend coming back from overseas a day and a half before your first child starts school for the very, very first time. Have a period and your have a period child and your child. Anyone, yeah. I don't recommend. But anyway, just ha- have a bit more of a, coming back yeah. to work. <laughs> and yeah, and ha- just have a bit more of a buffer. Anyway, Pearl also had gotten sick, so she was sleeping like crap, and her birthday was on Wednesday. And I just had this thing in my head. Nick and I both cleared the day we were going to spend the day with her we're like how rare is it for her to you know have a day with the two of us we'll do the things that she loves and anyway the day kind of came around and with the mayhem of everything like there was no cake I hadn't bought any presents she was sick like, Nick and I were just beside ourselves, like emotionally exhausted. And I just had this like inner fight in my head, being like, you know, one half of me was going, this poor child, third child, never gets her own things, always gets forgotten, always has to be pulled here, there, and everywhere. You could have just at least made her first birthday special. And then the other half of me was like, She's not going to remember it. She's not going to remember it. Why don't you gift yourself a day of rest? And that's what we did. She was a bit sick anyway, so we're like as if she's going to want to be napping on the fly. So you cuddled her. So we cuddled her and we put her down for a nap and we just, like I did the things that I'd been wanting to do all week but I hadn't been able to because you drop your kids at school, you come home, you do a shit and you go back out and pick them up (laughs) from school. And I was just like why don't we... I just feel like and and I know there's some people who love birthdays and they love, you know, doing those special sentimental things. That's not me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why am I going to bust my gut, make myself more stressed for a thing that's literally going to mean nothing to anyone? I ended up stopping past the like toy shop on the way to school pickup, bought her a present more so for the older two because I knew they were going to look at me like mum. Like yeah, she hasn't even got a birthday <laughs> present to open. Is she wanted. I don't or not? know, this is just my I guess permission slip to everyone out there to just be like, if they're not gonna remember and you're not enjoying it, then just take the pressure off. Mm. If you're enjoying it, go for it go for it. But if you're not and it's causing extra stress, just put it in neutral. Let it go. 100%. There's enough birthdays ahead that they're going to ask for a long list of things, going to have lots of demands. Like Poppy's asking to do one thing on her birthday and another thing as a party. She can't quite grasp the difference between a birthday and a party. Like... It's just there's enough years ahead for them to have a whole list of demands. So I'm like, nah, this year, while you can't say anything and you're happy with a lamb chop. Yeah, that's all you're getting. Because it's expensive. And we started out,
1: you know, when you have your first child, you're like, I'm going to give them everything. And they just are never going to touch it because I don't really care. And then you go from that to, oh, we've got a second child. And then they want birthday parties. And then they want all these things. And I'm like, I have three of you now. Yeah. And you're not cheap. So one (laughs) person gets a party every, like, you know, you get one one party a year, not all of you. I can't do three in a year. One person does and we rotate. Yeah. I'm not do. I can't do it. No. And I didn't realize even if they were free, I can't do it. No, it's the mental (laughs) load. It's uh, It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. All All
0: right. What was the hardest age with Pearl? Oh, it's so cliche, but I think Every age has its beauty and its challenges. From about 4 months to mm-hmm. 8 months when she was in her really bad sleeping, like I mean every. Is that the biggest Do you reckon that was the, that is overall
1: the hardest part of that whole year her sleep? I mean, yeah. it was a major factor.
0: It was a, it was huge. And it's so boring because it's like, well, what did you expect? You had a baby. But <laughs> it was not what I had previously experienced in terms of baby sleep. Yeah, I think so. Because in every other way, she is such mm. a cruisy baby. She is go with the flow. She's happy-go-lucky. She took to breastfeeding fine. She took to solids fine. She, the girls love her. Like we've been so lucky in every, like she's such a third child in the way that she's like, Oh, this is my little spot and I'll fit into it. And I can tell she's a firecracker. Like she is gonna, Like keep us on our toes because she's very confident. She's very charismatic. She loves attention. No idea where she gets that (laughs) part from. But so so I'm not saying she's always going to be easy, but she's been a pretty cruisy baby. But the sleep part was just a cloud over my life that I had never anticipated. And I think it's, again, one of those things, it's not until you're kind of out the other yeah. side that you're like, fuck, really how hard. was I functioning? And it's, it is, it's so boring, but it's all you can think about. It's the only place your mind goes. You think about bedtime all day and then all night you're thinking, is it even worth me going back to sleep because it's like, you know, when you wake up before your alarm and you're like – will I be more tired if I just yeah. get up now or will I be more tired if I wake up with my alarm or you snooze it and you're yes. always t- more tired after the snooze. It's like that. And it's so, it's just so boring. And it's, and you know, no matter how many times you try and tell yourself, this isn't forever, this is temporary. It's normal. It's <laughs> physiologically normal. It's still fucking hard. It's hard. And yeah, I do think the sleep thing was probably the hardest. I do find it hard also Once they're on the move, like it's just this very sudden transition from, oh, I can pop you there and I can do X, Y and Z to all of a sudden, like, no, the only time I can ever do anything Mm. is when you're asleep. Yep. And you can tell me all the toys in the world. I'm sorry. There's very few things that keep them entertained other than a flight of stairs, mm, which mm. I wouldn't recommend unsupervised, no. for more than ten seconds. Yeah, especially and concrete so, ones. Not yeah, yeah. we have got a we have got a c we've got a three big concrete sharp steps into a sunken land. She'll room. learn well. She'll, she'll learn, learn, learn very fast. And then yeah, a set of metal stairs up to upstairs. But yeah, I just have had to surrender to the fact that I'm like my days that I'm with you when you're awake, I'm with you. Yeah. And then when you nap, I'll I'll do what I can. And then I'll rely on the other times that there's other help to get the rest of it done, I guess. Cause I'm like, Oh, you'll probably be walking soon and entertaining yourself soon, maybe. But, um, people have been listening to this podcast for a while. will know that I find the 12 to 18 month mark, very, very difficult. So I am a little bit like apprehensive about the stage we're going into but I'm also like she has been busy for so long that I'm like maybe I'm kind of used to it. Do you
1: know I find because Mia was very similar she was really just wanted to move and I noticed that as soon as she was able to be mobile she was like yeah. Go do whatever yeah. you want. I am, yeah. I'm here and I'm exploring yeah. and it made it so much. It, like she'd sit and pull out all the clothes and put the bras on her head yeah. and, you know, like, and would do this all the time because she just loved it so much. Yeah. But when she didn't get the opportunity to like, crawl over there or yes. walk and get things, she would whinge and she didn't want the toy that I was Isn't handing it so her. is so interesting
0: though when they walk because Pearl was born so alert and ready for this world. And then she like sat quite early and she rolled quite early. And often when people saw her, they would assume because she was quite a big baby too, that she was older than she was. And I was like, oh God, I've done it. My third baby is going to be walking at like nine months yeah. old. That is the last thing I need. And it's funny because she's 12. Twelve months now and if you had have asked me back then like will she be walking by 12 months I would have been like absolutely yeah. and I'm not saying that's late it's just that I just thought she was gonna be that baby yeah and and she's not and I'm like thank goodness you can take your time a little bit longer but um my two were 15 yeah. months both of them yeah I do have a third
1: but I can't remember that's yeah. the thing that's the other thing with a baby the third baby is that I don't know about you I forget I forget
0: the things yeah. I didn't have time you to remember about the hardest parts. I'm like, when I was in them, I felt every part of it with every like oh. fiber cell in my body. And now you ask me and I'm like, ah, oh, I think it was around this time. Oh, no, you you know, like forget. it's all just a blur. It's
1: honestly a blur. So was the transition to three harder than two?
0: Oh yes and no. I found the transition to too hard. I think similarly to what I was saying before. I mean, they were quite. They were closer in age. They were less than two years apart. I don't think I quite realised at the time that I kind of had two babies. It's not unless I look back on photos and I'm like, no wonder it was hard. Poppy was literally a baby when you had Goldie, mm-hmm. but that was hard. I think the juggle of, I thought I knew what it was to be a parent, which of course I did with one child, but just how different it was with two. And then three, three, I guess you come into it with so much confidence and a lot of perspective and your expectations are lower, but it's just so hard to get a break. Like I feel, you know, we'll be people often say, wow, you guys are like out and about a lot. Do you ever just like have a day where you stay home and watch TV? And it's like, whenever I do that, I wonder why at the end of the day, I'm so exhausted Mm. when I've had this chilled day. And it's because three kids inside is just the least chilled thing you can possibly imagine. And so, yeah, I just think it's really hard. Like there's just... I've never felt so much that there's not enough hours in the day. Mm. I've never felt as much like wanting a break at all times. And it's like, no matter what break you get, it never quite gets you to the point that you really want to be at. But the thing that's been easier is that when I had Goldie, Nick was working much more of a conventional type job. So I was doing a lot more of the child raising on my own. And it was during COVID and he was working in hospitality. So he was fully in like trying to keep things afloat mm. mode. Whereas this time it's been much more even split of the parenting and even split of the working. But in saying that, then I've got to juggle work at the same mm. time. So, yeah, I, I they've both had their own challenges and their own goodness. And I think what I've found so hard in the past week with starting school is I really feel like we'd caught our breath and got into a bit more of a predictable pattern of how life with three looked. And I felt like we'd really found our rhythm and I was really excited for the year ahead and I still am, but I'm like, oh my gosh, as you say, just when I feel like I'd found this new normal, I'm now finding a new normal almost Mm -hmm. immediately again. Mm. And
1: it's a nice reminder to know that, okay, this is another transition in my yeah. life. So I've got to be kind and gentle to myself. Yeah. I actually find with having the three kids, the overwhelming thought process. So like, say I'm in a supermarket or at home, all three of them in like, it could be at the same time or one after the other, they're asking me questions mm. and it's constant. Mm. And I like have to stop and go, everybody. Everybody. I need to gather my thoughts without anyone speaking mm. to me for four seconds. Otherwise, I'm going to explode. Mm. And Billy said to me yesterday in the supermarket she's like "Mom did you compartmentalize or something?" and I was like "What?" and she was like "Have you gathered your thoughts?" and I was like "Yes, but I still can't have that conversation with you right now because it's a lot. They just it is so much there's so many needs. There are so many mm. needs and as much as I want to ad- address every single one of them mm. it's impossible and I can't do it and it's so, it's really good to tell them, "Hey, I need you guys to all pause for a little bit just so I can gather Mm. like where I'm at, Mm. who I'm actually going to um, react to Mm. first because you're all – wanting something. Mm. And that's why I get so exhausted at the end of the mm. day, because it's this constant battle. And it's of funny because I feel like
0: one of the hardest things about going to three is that with Pearl and Goldie being a slightly bigger age gap than what Poppy and Goldie were. So Poppy and Goldie were about two years. Goldie and Pearl were three years, which it doesn't sound that different, but it wasn't until she was born that I was like, wow, what a gift having." the older two having needs that were so similar. And I don't know if it's because they're both girls or they're, you know, into similar things or whatever, but it's such a now when I have the two of them, I'm like, Oh, I can just think on that wavelength. And if I just have Pearl, I'm like, okay, I'm on baby wavelength. But when they're together, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got friends who have got a teen, a kid in school and a toddler. And I'm just like, how can your brain be on that many wavelengths? of such differing requirements all the time. That's the thing that I find challenging. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I set those two up with the things they need. Oh, maybe I'll get some peace. Oh, Mm. no, I can't because Pearl's trying to make her way down a flight of stairs. Like that's the thing that I find really challenging. And someone has written in saying, how do you navigate knowing Pearl is your last? And I don't actually feel emotional about her being my last because number one, I know mentally, physically, spiritually, practically, logistically, I cannot be pregnant again. Do you want to think about that? And then even (laughs) I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I was like you know what even if you told me I could skip the pregnancy part I don't think I want four kids at like logistically again mentally physically spiritually <laughs> I don't think I want four kids and I've come to that realization whereas I feel like I used to always play it off as the I can't be pregnant again but it's like no like I actually don't want another no. child and part of me is you know sad about her turning one and you know that real baby baby stage is behind us. But part of me is also so excited for, and I mean I know the other two are growing up as she grows, but I'm excited to have three kids. Do you understand that? Because you're kind of in that stage now. I know there's challenges, but I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the three of you to be children. It's but I also
1: don't want to wish it away. It's the most beautiful thing. And I feel like you almost feel like you're drowning until you get to a turning point. I always kind of feel like four is that Mm -hmm. turning point where they're not babies or toddlers anymore. And Yumi's five in March and they all go out in the pool and play. They play inside. They're all doing dance moves together. Everyone is almost self-sufficient to the point where Me will make
0: Yumi breakfast. Mm. Like, you know, if they're in another room of the house, they're safe. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't such a worry. shock going from, like I feel like when I had Pearl, I was like, obviously when she was first born, she wasn't mobile, but I was at this stage where, you know, if we were at mm. a friend's house and I couldn't exactly see where Poppy and Goldie were, I was like, I know you're safe. Or the, in the home, I'm like, you know, call out every now and again, but you know they're safe. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm back to having a child that I have to watch like a hawk and that will be my life for the next couple of years. The bonus of it is when the
1: girls are older, so, me is 10 and Billy's nine. Is that they are so switched on. They're like mini mums. Yeah. So, I really can, like, Yumi doesn't let me do much on my own. She just likes to <laughs> cling around me all the time, which is fine. But, and I'm really grateful for that because I know that won't last forever. Yeah. So they are always on like, where's yeah. Yumi? Yumi this, Yumi that. So there yeah. is always extra hands yeah. and they can help. Yeah. They can do yeah. pretty much just as much. Yeah. She <laughs> can't drive and cook, but you know, <laughs> they can do a lot to entertain her. Yeah. And that there is a a win in yeah. itself. Yeah. So let's talk about sleep some more, shall we? Why did you choose not to sleep train?
0: Yeah. So I sleep trained my first two and it worked really well. I was quite like promotional of it. What's the word? Like an advocate for sleep training. training. And I don't, and this is no shade to anyone who chooses to sleep train because those two have no attachment problems. They're great. They still often now come into our bed. I think I got to the point with Pearl where I was a bit like, a bit like, what's the point? And it was, You know, Goldie and Poppy from two both had stints where they came and slept in our bed, yet they were sleep trained. They you know, both have times, I think, you know, once they become toddlers, they're all of a sudden wake up in the middle of the night for this or wake up in the middle of the night for that. And I just knew with Pearl's personality and the way her sleep was, it was not going to be easy. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't leave her to cry. I didn't want to leave her to cry. I knew that it was temporary. There was, of course, times that we left her to just like have a grizzle and a whinge and see if she just needed to like reposition or refind her dummy. And look, we were really lucky that around that eight month mark on her own, you know, whether it was to do with age, we got a few pointers from like a holistic sleep coach who just more looked at like the times she was going to bed and, and the environment and the, you know, going in and settling her, but maybe not going straight mm. to feeding those kind of things. And they made a huge difference. And I felt really comfortable with those things, but there was just something about Pearl, I didn't want a sleep trainer. I didn't Yeah, I like Nick brought it up a few times and we thought about it and sometimes we started and then we stopped and yeah, like it, it turned out okay for us. And and who's to say if we didn't turn a corner around that eight month mark, maybe yeah. we would have, and maybe we would have felt like we had to, and maybe we would have wanted to, but we kind of gave everything a go. We gave co-sleeping a go and it, it just didn't work for us. It didn't work for Pearl. The biggest change was moving her into her own room and obviously do that when you feel comfortable. That was a huge change and just, I think her getting a bit older and being able to sleep some longer stretches, and me just knowing that she's not going to be eighteen waking up. No, this means, and if she is, it's not my problem. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and look, I'm not saying she's the greatest sleeper now. She still wakes up once to twice a night. And the second she's sick, like she's sick at the moment and her sleep just goes to shit. It's like the second there's one booger in her nose, she's, and anytime she's sick, it's always that like upper airway stuff. Mm. She's up, she's up and she's down and she like, you know, and she, and when she's like that, she has to come into bed with us because she has to feel that one of us are there and we're happy with that and we're fine. And we're not happy because I'd still rather be sleeping, but we know it's temporary. And yeah, there was no, there was no like research paper I came across and was like, I'm not sleep training or, you know, one quote that stopped me from doing it or one judgment or shame on anyone. Mm -hmm. I am all about do whatever you want to do, but it just, it didn't feel right. And I, There were so many ways I tried to talk myself around it, and I was just like, "But just in my gut, it just doesn't feel right." See, Yumi, my last was a a
1: sensational sleeper. Thank God, because I had postnatal depression, so I don't know if Uh, I would have been able to. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but um, she then when she was out of the cot, like swapped so she is now she sleeps in her bed sometimes but nine times out of ten she'll stroll into my bed Mm -hmm. and we got to the same point where we were like it's our last baby i actually don't really care if she comes Mm -hmm. in every night it's Mm -hmm. like yeah it'd be great for her to have Mm -hmm. this bed that she sleeps in on her own or with billy but I don't ever
0: mind that she comes in because it's like... And do you know what? I think another reason I didn't do it is because I was like, even if she was sleeping longer, the likelihood of me any night sleeping through the night is so slim. Yeah. So, like, there's always, like... One of the other two gets up and oh, needs no. to wee. One of them has a nightmare. One of them climbs into bed with us. Someone else is sick. So I was like, why am I fixated on you sleeping 7 till 7 or 6.30 to 6.30? And it's an added pressure when, too. And it is an added pressure and it, and it, I don't even think I could do that like short-term pain of like those really crap nights. No. Cause I was like, if you're asleep, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. If you're awake, I'm feeding you. So you sure shouldn't yeah. go back to sleep. Like I couldn't even, I was in the minute. I yeah. was like, nah, nah, I'm not adding anything else. On. No way. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair enough. How did you accept the wake
1: ups early on knowing you had to parent three kids the next day?
0: I just do it. Like, yeah, You, you don't, don't have really have a choice and Once she was mixed feeding, we would like take it in turns. Like maybe I'd get up for a breastfeed and then he'd do a bottle or he'd do, you know, maybe she wouldn't need a feed every time, maybe she'd just need a resettle. I don't know how long I would have lasted if I was getting up doing every feed on my own, doing every resettle on my own. I'm very much in this house, like you're a parent too. You have to get on with your day tomorrow, I have to get on with my day tomorrow. So the day keeps going in the night, in my opinion, when you have a baby. So yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I just, the things that I do was my non negotiables were coffee, showering, not too much coffee though, because too much coffee just turns the tiredness into anxiety and you're still mm. tired, but you're just anxious at the same time. A shower. It's funny, I actually did my skincare more than I've ever done it at that time because it was such a nice way for me to delineate between night and day. And yeah, just those really simple things helped. And then I guess, as you say, like I had no choice but to get up and
1: parent my kids. I I remember going to, for, for some reason when I would breastfeed during the night, I would then be up for the other kids, like I was already awake. Mm. So there was no point of me saying to Harry, you – get up for those kids and I'll get up for Yumi. So I just continuously felt like I was just going around No, there is a point though don't you reckon? Well like yeah, because I had but a concrete wall standing yeah. up and I was like no, I don't think I can do this no. and then the next day you go to take them to school and I'm like how? I don't know what's going on and you get so confused and so muggled in your brain
0: because it is a mum brain. But there, And I think that sometimes I, I've definitely fallen into it where I, at times I'm like well if she's awake I'll be awake and I'll just be lying in bed, listening to you trying to resettle her. But there's even a difference between lying in bed awake and being up, tending to the issue. They're completely different things. And the amount of time it takes you to fall back to sleep and all of those things. So I do know sometimes you just feel like, oh, well, like if I'm going to be awake, I may as well be the one doing it. But it's like, they're different. The energy expenditure is different. It is so much
1: more, isn't it? It's exhausting. Shall we move on to breastfeeding? We can talk about my tits. Okay, Titties McGee, how was your journey?
0: I had a really, I've been really lucky in having straightforward breastfeeding journeys with all three of my kids, which is funny because I am, pre-kids I would say that I had such sensitive boobs and nipples, like I've never liked them being a part of anything sexual, like if Nick comes up behind me and gives me a little tweak, I'm like, fuck off. What if you put a butt plug on my nipple? Yeah, up up (laughs) behind you. No? No, that's fine. (laughs) Just not nipples. No, I've never tried a butt plug. You Um, have, hey... Disclosure, Sophie has butt plugs. Or just, I've um, never used know, but them. But and gear. if I do, I'm going to have to do some arts and crafts yes. and add a ginormous yes, leech to I just wanted to throw the... you under the bus at yeah. some stage. Yeah, that's okay, fine. we can move on. Um, no, but nipples were really sensitive and I was like, I'm going to hate breastfeeding because it's going to have that mm. ew sensation. But I've always had really good straightforward breastfeeding journeys. I breastfed the first two for 14 months and I'm still somewhat breastfeeding Pearl now. I've done mixed feeding each time and I feel like with each child I have mixed fed a bit earlier. So like Poppy was around six months, Goldie was around four months here and there, and then Pearl was around four months, but probably a bit more frequently because I was working more. I must say that is an absolute game changer when you've got
1: a bunch of kids because when you can hand a feed and you know that someone is capable to feed and you can go out of the house and do shopping or you can have time to
0: yourself that there is like yeah I think I also after my pregnancy with Pearl because I had found it so physically and mentally tough once I had her I was kind of like I don't have it in me to be the only person solely responsible for For her anymore. Like, I need to know that I can step away for a second and she's going to be completely fine. And that actually really, like, mentally freed me a lot. And of course, I could express and I did express, but knowing that I had to pump as a non negotiable in order for someone else to be able to feed my child. Was too much. I needed to know that there was another option, and it's worked so well for us. And, you know, she's one now. So she only has, I think she has like two bottles Mm -hmm. a day, and she kind of just breastfeeds here and there throughout the day. She is such a busy child that she can't concentrate for long enough on the boob to have a full feed. She can only really concentrate with the bottle in her cot, like going off to sleep. But every now and again, it's funny because before we went to Japan, I was a Little bit like, oh, I feel like our breastfeeding journey is coming to an end. I don't know if I'm really ready. Like, it's fine if she does. You know, it's been a great journey, but. I didn't really feel like the ball was in my court. I was kind yeah. of like, wait, why are you stopping? And then when we were away, she just kind of like picked it up a bit more. And then this week, because she's been unwell, she's like breastfed more than she did before. And so I'm very much like, oh, okay, maybe it isn't time. Time. And I've been away for like a night or so and like barely had to pump because I'm like, oh, it doesn't like fill up that much. But then I come home and she seems to get something. So we're just kind of taking it day by day. The other two, I got the ick at 14 months. So we'll see mm. what happens. Mm. And how did she go starting
1: uh, solids? Because she, she, when her eyes saw food, she was like, give me. If there's
0: one thing that girl can do, it's eat. She may not have been able to sleep, but she could eat from <laughs> the get go. She, it, and it's been, I will say, that has been a game changer in a third because we did a little bit of purees here and there when she started, but she has pretty much eaten what we've been eating, or like bits and Power bobs good. off our plate from the get go. So it hasn't been. You know, having to think about what she's gonna eat and all of that. She's such a good eater. She loves it. It's the one spot I can put her, and she sits in that high chair and she's entertained and she's in the one spot for those minutes she's eating and she's happy. And I can buzz around her, watching her, but doing other she stuff. Loves the food. Actually, the past week she hasn't been eating that much because she's been unwell, and I'm kind of like what do I do with you with all this free time like please sit there for half an hour just stuffing your face girl so no that's been it's such a joy to watch her experience food because she loves it and and we love eating and Nick loves cooking it's just and it's great that you are able to not have to go
1: and make an entirely different meal the fact that you can actually just what you guys are eating she can
0: have too you did blend it some parts like mash it up oh start with some purees more just because she was such a I don't even know if it was fully necessary but she was such a hungry girl that I was just like oh I feel like maybe you're not getting enough from finger food so I'd just like fill her up a bit with purees Mm I don't know if it made a difference but she happily ate them but now she can eat like I I have a joke that my kids can't grow hair like if you've seen any photos of Pearl she's basically completely bald at one year old the other girls are the same, didn't really have hair till two, but they've all been able to grow teeth. Like they've yeah. all at one, like she's actually probably got the least of the three. I think she's got seven or eight now. Oh, so she's but she can like hoe yeah. in. Like she's got a good set of chompers to just hoe in. So yeah, my kids, they make up for what they're lacking in hair and teeth. Yeah. <laughs> And how did you navigate the egg allergy? Oh, yes. So if you don't know, Pearl is allergic to egg. We gave her egg, I think she was around six months, and she had a full body hive reaction to it, which was really unfortunate because I was like, oh, eggs are the easiest, most nutritious, relatively mess-free thing that you can feed your child like you can just whip them up they're so easy but she had a reaction straight away and poppy was actually the same and she grew out of it when she was around two years old does that mean you can't use egg in anything or was it the well we egg? stopped then and we got her in to see a pediatric allergist on the gold coast and it was the most incredible appointment she talked us through like why because so it's an allergy to the egg white not the yolk so we actually only gave her yolk but it must have been contaminated with egg white because when they did all the allergy testing she's not allergic to egg yolk and basically the more cooked that it is and this is not offering out medical advice it's just my understanding of what was said but if your child's got an allergy go right ahead but she really settled our worries because she's like she's not anaphylactic to Mm. it; she's not gonna act like if you feed it to her she's not gonna it's not going to affect her breathing or anything like that. She'll probably just break out in hives again. So she's like, you don't have to be scared of it. She's like, have Telfast on hand so that if you are, because we followed a reintroduction ladder, which is basically where you go from, the most cooked eggs can be, which is like in stuff or like, you know, egg pasta or, you know, and then you move up to something like a quiche and then you move up to something Mm. like, you know, and then you move all the way up to an omelette and then like scrambled eggs and like scrambled eggs, like it's not cooked necessarily all the way through. So that's kind of like as uncooked as you're going to get. And basically you slowly work your way up the ladder, reintroducing it. And at any point, if they like have a reaction to it, you just like, step back down a bit and keep going and, um, we jumped the ladder very quickly because one day Nick was just at home feeding her this fried rice he'd cooked. And it wasn't until I <laughs> no, started eating, eating it. it. And I was like, there is so much egg through this. And he's like, Oh yeah, there is. And she was fine. And we had Telfast there, so it was fine. But um it meant that when we went away to Japan, because they use a feb like, you know, often mm. in ramen there's like egg in it, we haven't given her just egg again yet. And we will soon now that we're home and I was going to say settled again, but we're the opposite of settled. Maybe once we're settled, (laughs) maybe never, we'll try it again properly. But it meant that when we're away, we at least weren't like super Mm. anxious about her having exposure to it because we knew she'd be fine. We knew she handles it somewhat. But, yeah, that's been her journey. We're pretty confident that she'll just grow out of it and be able to eat it. Yeah. Like like she can eat cake and she can. I want to hope so. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And what else? I oh, just love her. She's so, she's so, cute. she's so you should have seen her on the plane flying home. She just tries to get everyone's attention. And I know everyone thinks their own child's special, <laughs> but honestly, she just, when she locks eye contact with someone complete stranger, she's just so happy. She just is bo- like, it's like she's born to entertain. Yeah. She's so funny. I just love her to death. She's just the best third child. It makes me feel so emotional that a year ago, like I didn't even have her in my life and she was worth, every vomit every bad thought during my pregnancy every sleepless night she's just absolutely incredible and I'm so so lucky I just can't believe how lucky I am and um I think if you're considering a third child you should do it it's fucked oh, it. let's I don't know anything about your circumstances or your situation I always but say two's
1: it. two's the um the good. Yeah. Yeah. You disagree. Too. You love you. Oh, I you. would never like you me. God, from what I learned with myself, I would never, it's been the most incredible journey ever. It's been brutal. Isn't it funny though, when people do talk about multiple children, you were like, it is the hardest, most exhausting job in the world. And then you go, But would you take it back? You're like, oh, absolutely not. And it is that. It is literally so fucking hard. You cry all the time. You laugh for five minutes and then it's hard
0: for the rest of the week. But would you take it back? Absolutely not. It's funny because I made a reel from when we were at the snow that was like 10% of the time with kids at the snow and it's, you know, having fun, laughing, the kids skiing, happy, happy, joy, joy. And then 90% of the time at the snow is them whinging, wanting to be carried, not putting enough layers on, they're cold, they're hungry. And someone wrote back saying, that's not going to the snow That's having kids. Yeah, I was like, it's so true, but that 10% somehow overrides it all. There's nothing else that you would just put up with 10% of good for 90% of hard. You just wouldn't. You'd be like, I'm throwing the towel in. This is not, the math ain't mathing. And somehow it just does. And, yeah, she's a ripper. And I just cannot wait to see like her personality grow even more and thanks to everyone who's watched on and supported us for our first year as a family of five and yeah I'm just so excited to just raise them now and just focus on that next chapter Continue of Continue parenting. Yeah
1: well thank you for coming on the podcast today.
0: Have we your hope you're feeling.
1: I might need to go to the toilet. <laughs> okay, we're wrapping
0: it up. Love bye. you guys. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and
0: give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.